The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Councillor Jim Mason is now on the line. Good morning, Councillor. Thanks for being on the program with us. Good morning, Mitchell. Really good to speak with you once again. Thanks for being with us. Um, I suppose this being the last time we speak to a councillor uh, from the City of Greater Geelong in 2021 gives us an opportunity to reflect on the year that was. How have you found this year? Well, uh, Mitchell, what a, what a lovely day it is today. And uh, there's been a few cloudy days during the year. I, we all understand that. And it's it's so so good to be, to be out again. And... You know, many of us have uh, have had to negotiate uh, being locked down, and uh, some of us some of us have coped uh, much much better than others. And so, uh, it was really wonderful to see all the people out again at the Geelong Racecourse last week at the Humans Expo, and uh, last uh, on Saturday night, uh, quite a lot of people were at the Geelong Arts Centre function at Costa Hall to see Archie Roach, and of course. Uh, our council meetings are now face to face again, so so now we can even uh, have some members of the public coming back in. Now but it has been a particularly difficult year. Certainly has. Now, just on the council meetings, I believe at the last council meeting you brought forward a notice of motion. Can you talk to us about what that was entailing? Oh, uh, Mitchell, um, that that was to do with the rural livestock and information exchange and truck wash. We've been working uh, over a four years um, to to try and uh, find solutions to uh, to the closure of the, the old Geelong sale yards. And, of course, they were antiquated and they, they needed needed to go. And, of course, there's an exciting future there for that area. But the rural areas and the, and the local farmers, if you focus on that, do need, uh, do need services and, uh, and indeed, uh, the trend has been over recent years, even decades, for the, the bigger farms to become smaller and smaller and therefore greater in number. And a lot, there's a lot of newcomers and they all need guidance. Not all, but many do. And of course, everybody, as we've noticed during COVID, uh, it's all very well to be online doing all sorts of things, but there's nothing like a bit of uh, uh, face-to-face and real human interaction. And uh, so that's what that notice of motion was all about was to try and bring it all together and to have a, a central hub where there can be uh, information exchange as well as uh, facilities there, 21st century facilities, which are very animal friendly. But uh, there needs to be very careful uh, monitoring of uh, the biodiversity threats. And once again, COVID reminded us of the biodiversity threat to humans. Well, they also exist for, for animals and for agriculture generally. And, uh, of course, our tourism industry itself, the, all sorts of industries will be affected if we have some sort of uh, uh, biodiversity outbreak, uh, uh, sorry, um, uh, an outbreak of, of uh, disease in cattle or, or livestock, etc. Even in the even in the cropping thing. We all know what it's like coming in through customs. Uh, there is a a great deal of attention to this, but we've got to attend to it locally as well. 
And in terms of the old cell yards, uh, there's obviously a few things I've heard on the horizon there. The organisation that owns this radio station, their head office is just near the cell yards where they used to be. So uh, I drive past and see them quite regularly. But where is the new uh, exchange, this one that you're talking about, where would that be best? Do we know? Well, what we need to do is mount a business case. And that's what that, that's also what that uh, notice of motion was about, was to really really see what can be done and to find find the real possible uh, alternatives for uh, for land that might be available there might be land available in the in the in the grep area there might be private land uh, in the north of Geelong uh, perhaps near the the, uh, the abattoirs or there could be indeed something uh, elsewhere but we need to we need to go we need to really bite the bullet and and and, uh, and uh, step up to the plate and uh, and find uh, find the solutions for these problems. And climate change has been your other big issue that you've campaigned on, both at the uh, the first election where you were elected, and also the most recent one last year. How do you think the council is performing in that area? Is it doing everything that you hoped it would when you ran on the issue of climate change? Oh, Mitchell, we never reach perfection, but uh, I, I, uh, I I'm really really pleased with uh, the the strides we've been taking of recent times on climate change. Uh, we have high aspirations uh, uh, for taking a lead, uh, both nationally and uh, locally. And uh, so I, I think we really, uh, we still have to, to, uh, to produce uh, action, but uh, in, in, in our aspirations and in our, in our documents, uh, we've, we've got the, uh, well set. Uh, for attending to climate change. And, and really one of the things that we have to do is, is continue to engage with the community and continue to uh, uh, get everybody pulling together, business, uh, private operators uh, and uh, people in general of all walks of life need to understand more about climate change and need to understand how we all have to pull together. And just explain more broadly, what would you like to see done in this space uh, next year in particular as we sort of start to look to the year ahead? I mean, it's been pointed out by uh, when we spoke to Councillor Sarah Mansell that the actual councils uh, in its operations emissions are quite low compared to everyone in the broader community. So if the council wants to have impact, as you said, you've got to bring the community together. Um, how might we do that? Well, one thing, uh, if we're successful tomorrow night, uh, we'll... we'll uh We'll be working towards uh, the race to zero, and uh, in that, uh, we'll be trying to engage uh, all of the all of the different uh, stakeholders in our community, in perhaps various fora, and see uh, see how we might have mutual areas where we might be able to work together. Certainly, we've got to be more conscious of the phasing in uh, towards electric cars. Uh, we've got to be really understand more about how we can reduce emissions uh, in our daily lives. And, of course, uh, think more about the circular economy. Yeah, there's a lot of energy wasted just in, uh, uh, and resources generally wasted in, in our uh, our older mindset of disposing of everything that we, you know, in the packaging, and uh, once we've used it, we throw it away. We never, we never recycle it. 
even the very fact, one of the things we've got to look forward to in the future is even uh, how you might even recycle houses. Uh, when, when a house, you know, often enough when you see a, a building, not only a house, it's demolished, the big uh, um, excavators come in and squash the lot and take it to landfill. Well, that's not going to be on in the future. We have to think about how we reuse all of these materials. And one of the issues, of course, with climate change is transportation. And uh, on that, I see there's been some changes in Jeringhap Street and uh, bike lanes have meant that the road configuration has changed somewhat. It seems to have taken a few people by surprise because I was passing through there a few days ago and I think some cars are a bit surprised that the left lane ended so quickly and they had to merge over. But it seems to be a very controversial issue. So how are you navigating that, I suppose? And also, what are the broader plans for bike lanes in the city? Well, uh, first of all, I, su- I suppose we can always improve in, in our messaging and uh, alerting people uh, on what we're doing. Uh, certainly, uh, it's been on the drawing board for a long time, and we've been talking about it for a long time. Uh, but uh, sometimes the messages don't get through. Everybody's got so much in their complex lives these days. But we do uh, are working towards... Uh, uh, 50% of our journeys uh, in the future be being active transport. We have to work towards uh, uh, more bike lanes, more walking lanes uh, and so on. And uh, it's not viable to have a city that's uh, chock-a-block full of cars. So it is, it is a change. Uh, it's a sort of a change management thing and it's a change in mindset of the whole community. We have to find these kind solutions for these things. And that Jeringhap uh, Street is really part of a much larger project, which is to have bike lanes all the way out to Ward, Warren Ponds and to be thinking a little bit more about uh, how we might uh, uh, encourage people to park uh, perhaps peripherally and then there might be uh, renewable energy or uh, free transport that might be electric buses and so on. Uh, that uh, that that work in a complex and efficient way around the city, but we haven't got all the answers to the, this yet. And one of the one of the problems actually is that we we um, as a council would be very much welcome some final decisions on public transport and how how that might be done with the. Uh, with the Department of Transport. Yes, that does seem to be a bit of a, a recurring theme with all of these deliberations. Um, in terms of Christmas, the council has built a bit of a reputation, I think, for being quite big on Christmas. I mean, the floating Christmas tree has been around for a number of years now, and I went down there to have a look uh, a few weeks back and was uh, packed full of people. But I understand there's actually quite a few Christmas activities for people to do. Yes, uh um, Mitchell, uh, I saw the, the Christmas tree the other night myself, living at, uh, living down at Marcus Hill. I'm not in the city every night, but I was there to see Archie Roach. And when I came out, uh, there was that beautiful Christmas tree with another, another display. Every year it's different. And this year's uh, no exception and it's just fantastic. Uh, so that's, that's, uh, that's certainly attracting a lot of people. But uh, there's a lot of other other things that we do uh, plan to do, uh, and of course there's uh, uh, programs throughout the municipality. But just in Geelong, we've got the uh, giant Christmas selfie trail. Um, there's 22 destinations there, and of course there's the ever creative projections on the city hall. 
and the Christmas trees in Johnson's Park and various festive entertainments in the streets. So uh, we're looking forward to a really exciting Christmas and then it's going to lead into New Year uh, where we're going to have, uh, we've decided to have uh, fireworks again but also um, uh, safe, safely uh, projected from out, out in the bay on a barge and a, not a special show at 9.30 for families. Well, thank you, Mitchell, and I wish you and everybody a joyous uh, Christmas and festive season. It is a time of goodwill, and uh, I'll be looking forward to my swim on the Rector Reef uh, earlier in the new year. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you very much, Councillor Jim Mason with us there. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.